Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. It is divisional weekend, Andy. Many people in the space, many hardcore football fans consider this sort of the holy grail of... NFL yeah. weekends, the best one of the year where you have the eight remaining teams who are all bona fide contenders here having either won a wild card game or having earned a first overall seed competing for glory. Uh, generally tighter matchups, generally, um, you know, super, you know, hell, you know, good games that are held in the balance till late. A lot of memorable divisional round games over the years. So, uh, and honestly, this year we got a, a good crop of teams, a good crop of games. And, uh, you know, I wish I had a bunch of bets, but I don't. I was going to say, so I, I made, I made <laughs> small bets. On, yes, Randy. I mean, essentially Randy. what you're doing, I did you make small it. bets in all four games. Um, not uh, uber excited about any of them, but it just felt oh, like sure. this is how I see the game going. What is that? I don't know. I got like a spot on my sweatshirts. Bolognese? I guess. I don't know, something. It's like it's like more like Alfredo sauce. Uh, talking some uh, uh, Grillo, Emiliano Grillo, I'm, first round leader. I you know what the best? So, Davidovich Fokina. Yeah, good. The best part about this golf tournament, if you like mm-hmm. first round leader, this is the tournament for you because they're going to put up three different markets because they're playing on oh, three different courses. Yeah. So you can bet first round leader on three different events, essentially. Get, you know, it's, it's between 50 guys on each course. Triple your outlay, triple <laughs> your sweat, triple your losses. I love yeah, it. Tri- yeah. Basically triple your losses. It is, <laughs> it is it. pretty Why well, do it once fun. and you can do it three times. It's like there's three tours going on at the same time. Um, Anyway, for sure, for sure. But uh, markets, yeah, well, or, these, or do it four these, times on these football games this weekend. These markets are damn tight. I'm not really firing with confidence anyway right now. I had a couple, no doubt, losers during Wild Card Weekend, and honestly, like you do this long enough, you start to kind of see some patterns in your in your you know with when it comes to betting, and you try to kind of learn from those patterns. And for me, a lot of the time, it related to kind of self evaluation and performance. Like when there's a week like last week, and I'm just like, God damn, why isn't the market moving on this information? That should be a sign that it's built into the number. And you know, maybe you don't have an informational edge because it was known uh, or expected and or you know, it doesn't matter as much as you think. Um, and honestly, the um, you know some some markets like Cincy, Baltimore, um, it was pretty clear that that you know the reason that that was so resistant all week to really move with the Lamar news is the underlying number was pretty good. <laughs> it was probably a six and a half was the right <laughs> the right yeah. market for that game. I think, I think we're actually just um, going to, yeah, I think we're just so, going to keep, we're going to keep this short because, yeah. I mean, we can sit and spew uh, narratives and platitudes about sure. this, but I mean, we'll, we'll go through every game, but I think I'm going to be quick and we're going to answer questions or just kind of talk with you guys more. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's like, well, the Eagles are off a bye. Well, the market is aware. Well, yeah. these teams have played each other three times. The market also remembers no they are in the division. That, They've yeah. been in the same division for a while. Yeah. Well, did you, you know, did you know the 49ers getting extra rest compared to the Cowboys? <laughs> I, mean, the, the market, I had heard that, yes. The market um, the market has a calendar, so it's it's yeah. it's tough. 
Yeah. Did um, you know Dan Quinn uh, and uh, Kyle Shanahan used to coach in the same they, same they team coach. back in the day? Yeah. Did you know? No, that? No, you know, we should put um, up for a background instead of this gray one <laughs> that uh, that Washington Redskins coaching staff picture that ooh, I've seen. Yeah, I love that one. I've seen that more than my wedding photos at this point <laughs> in my life. Uh, real quick, real quick post mortem on Monday Night Football since we, you know, we last podcast we did it hadn't been played yet. I obviously, you know, terrible decision to get involved with the Buccaneers, who were a terrible team all year. Um, but you know, we dug I'm, our way I'm, out. Dug our way out. Thank God with the second half over that was very close. So, I, and I could not believe I was cheering for Tampa to score at the end. Like, God damn! Why are we dirty? Why are we doing dirty after the injury after the backboard? going oh, off yeah. like felt, right, oh yeah yeah and, and i didn't yeah. want to like tweet this out because it's fucked up the tweet <laughs> but like i was thinking and i'm like if there's any quarterback in the entire world who is like hey i care about my teammate and this sucks and i'm i'm actually broken up about this and because he he's done this for long enough he's seen enough injuries and he understands what that's all about he's had a terrible injury himself but if there was ever a guy who could the moment that backboard disappears in the tunnel, he is a million percent focused again. You can see it. He was a hundred percent business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he absolutely wanted to score. It's crazy. They actually got a, uh, that's rarer than most of the things. It's probably rarer than a safety is getting yourself yeah. an outside kick. One of the other kind of lucky parts about our second half over, and by the way, second half three, no, I think actually I went five and zero over the weekend because yeah. I was firing on the you know, every basically everything I fired second half. Uh, I went, had bills went my way. Bill second. Oh, half you went Bill second half. I skipped that game almost all. Did not go well, but everything um, else we played live. And look, I said when we got into halftime, I yeah. had an over thirty nine and a half. Yeah, which was not there without the last touchdown. I had yeah. the Brady Brady yeah. attempts again that was set live a Cruised. couple times in the low to mid forties. Um. The other thing, one other thing I wanted to point out, the we were very lucky because Gallup did run out of bounds on that one touchdown. Yeah. That guy called a touchdown. Like, uh, I, <laughs> okay, I was it, I was had the sound off. It was like tipped, and so he wasn't the first player to touch it. So it was not illegal touching. Is that kind of the takeaway you got? I have no idea, man. I, I didn't understand it. Anyway, it was a very fortuitous second half over. But that said, it was a very bad call to get involved with Tampa Bay, considering it looked like they need, like, yes, they came in healthier than they had been all season, but it looked like they needed about four games with that unit to kind of figure out, like, you know, how to play together again because it was a disjointed performance from Tampa. Both offense and defense was all kind of out of sorts. And um, we're kind of bearing the lead, which was Dak Prescott had his best game as a pro. And again, against a decent defense. So what do we do with this information? Well, that is actually the swirling question with that, with both of the handicaps in the NFC. Yeah. You have your wild card winning quarterbacks in Daniel Jones and, um, and Dak Prescott coming off of career games. And they were playoff games. And you have to decide, do we make an adjustment to our underlying prior on those teams, I mean, on those quarterbacks, or do you have enough data that you stick with your prior and you just real, you know, you just like, hey, that was an outlier. 98th percentile, congratulations. Uh, you know, I'm still projecting him to kind of give me in the 50th percentile range this weekend. Um, and so, you know, you can get different answers depending on how you treat that question. If you expect Daniel Jones to continue to perform like he has recently, as opposed to the balance of the data you have on him, you're going to get a different number. 
if you expect Dak Prescott to regress back to uh, the guy he was before you saw him against Tampa, you, you're going to get a different number. Um, and so like that, those it's small things in terms of how you're actually kind of projecting individuals and strengths and matchups that are going to determine whether you're making bets on these games. And we'll break those down for you, even though at the end of the day, you're going to have just as much success probably if you flip a bunch of coins this weekend i mean realistically like these numbers are tight these markets are sharp you're getting you're seeing information coming in and you know news and updates and the numbers moving like you know this guy yeah you know, we'll move we'll go out we'll index half a point i guess it does, we don't care we're, these are all we're, every bet we're writing is ev now like the books know this and that's that's my underlying feeling are you there yeah i i think uh it's time to start exploring <laughs> some props for the weekend i've seen some i've seen and tailed some pretty good ones last weekend um, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, like I said, I made small bets in all four games because I can like I wanted to, and I, I actually think, and not only that too, but it's like uh, it's like you see in some of these you know tweets of who are trying to educate you, or maybe you've even watched videos on this, but creating a synthetic no hold or plus hold market, like there is a case to be made for watch what Pinnacle, Chris, and Circa are doing. And if you have books that are like a half point higher across the key or semi-key number, I don't think there's actually key numbers in totals. I, comparatively, if you want to talk about like the seven and the three on a side, they're not anywhere near the importance, but they're key as far as totals go. If you're on the other side of it, sometimes I'll grab some numbers just because sure. it's like, well, this is steaming one way. Somebody and somebody, this is funny too. Somebody in a, a different a different chat you're in was. They'd made fun of somebody for picking the the bills at like thir- minus thirteen and a half. Like it was a you know a screenshot of a show, a betting show from the weekend. And I said, I you know I, I get it. Like doing content, sure, getting pigeonholed into a day. Like the worst is so we do our shows on you know Sunday or Monday and then Wednesday. These poor schmucks that have to do betting shows the day of the game, like. <laughs> I said, if if I ever had to do that, and they said pick every side, I would take the opposite of the Steam side on all the games, and then come up with the narratives afterwards. Because at least I had the best of the number. Then. <laughs> like you couldn't be like, yeah, I'm I'm going to bet. You know, I'm going to bet Buffalo at the absolute worst of the number when I could have bet it all week. No, I'm just like Miami. And then after the fact, come up with it, come up with it later. <laughs> You're like, maybe it's overreacted. Like, I'm just going to, that's your operating. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, that, that's for, that's for sure what I would have done. I mean, in hindsight, Tampa was the wrong side. Obviously my uh, Minnesota was the wrong side because they played a perfect game and they did not cover that number or really come close. And, um, I, and I've said this too. I've, I actually, everything think, else I thought was kind of in I the I think balance. the Giants underperformed on offense. I feel like they could have, they could have scored in every drive the way they had that game figured out. Hmm. Yeah, I, they definitely did. I thought too. I, I thought that the final margin didn't reflect how dominant that was for the Giants. Um, and, and Matthew, I'm not talking about Pizzola. Pizzola no. actually does a pretty good job. I, oh yeah. I've listened yeah. to his Sunday morning streams back when he used to do, you know, just the, the ones on his own. Like, yeah. That's he, very he, hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very hard, but he understood yeah. too. Like, I, I know where the number went and why, and that's why I'm passing or betting this game. I'm talking sure. more the, the mainstream. People and he also wasn't like giving picks. Out. Like I would play this now. He was basically saying I played it and it came with me or it didn't. And that, yeah. that's interesting to talk, to hear from someone who's taking this seriously. No. Betting, I'm, I'm saying some, some you know, of these guys are getting large, put on TV you know, like sticks. an hour before the game. Oh yeah. It's rough. Like, it's, hey, a rough it's a rough deal. Um, all right. 
the totals all went over. Is that signal, or was is it? Is there anything about the way the game was called, Andy? The way that the referees were. I guess this is. We haven't talked about this. We haven't messaged, but the idea that they were going to do the quick check, fix your, you know, fix your mistake, right? Yeah. Do you think that gave the referees less incentive to get involved in the game entirely? And for those reasons, there were less penalties, definitely less meaningful penalties, <laughs> and that drove scoring at all. Because if you t- listen to sort of like the people who were breaking down the film, if you listen to the people who are good analysts about the the league. There was a lot of really good defensive scheming by some good defensive <laughs> coaches and players, and yet yeah. every total went over. Andy, what so the hell? I don't think it. I don't think it changed how they called it. I do think it changed how they they treated like turnovers and and catches. Sure. And to be fair, and to be fair, I've pointed this out already. Like those guys, um, the refs can be in fewer places than the cameras can. They understand that. And it felt like every call they used the expedited, you know, refereeing on or expedited review, whatever was like, well, yeah, here's the angle. You see it here in real time. And here's five more angles. Then when you get to the sixth angle, it's like, oh shit, that was not a catch. You couldn't see it on any other angle. Like you can't blame the ref for that. Only be in one spot when he's watching a catch. Maybe two or three of them see it and they still can't get the angle. So, like, I love the expedited review. It's quick and it gets it right. But it's not going to be, hey, we're doing an expedited review on that holding call. We're doing an expedited review on that defensive holding or defensive, uh, what do they call it when you you get a little handsy past the zone? Like, just why can't I think of the penalty? Uh, it's it's illegal. it's not holding. It's not pass interference. It's illegal contact. Illegal contact. Yeah. Yeah. So that stuff. So you know, right away we said they're not calling holding on the offense a lot, which is no. a very a very penal penalty to especially the teams that can't move and all very well. Hugely hugely correlated to totals going over and under. Yeah. Like very, like but, first but the, order. <laughs> yeah. But at the at the same time, they weren't calling pass interference on the defense. They weren't. Like, so no. if if they were given a an, an a ultimatum. Memo. A memo. Yeah, a memo. Yeah. Not points of emphasis. A points. Yes. If there were three, if there were three points of emphasis, Andy, one of them was take it easy on the holding. The other one was take it easy on the DPI, and the other one was crack down on the damn. Uh, what is it? Play, player downfield. Ineligible player, player, downfield. player downfield. Like that. Those were the. Those were the three points of emphasis for whatever reason, and it yeah. led to a higher scoring game. So, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like maybe it was a case of, all right, we're gonna. We can't we can't just tell them to call everything for points. Like if we tell them call a bunch of DPI, but don't call any offensive holding, the defenses are just gonna get just gash. We have ninety point games. Yeah, people right. are gonna be under throwing balls. But I mean, it, it did feel like the games were called differently. Um, you know, we did see lower totals than this mm-hmm. than we had in previous years, especially over the last three or four, where it's it's kind of risen slowly. And I mm-hmm. don't think that's what you want in the playoffs. You don't yeah. want a fourteen to ten game. Yeah, so. I guess and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Fine, the roughing the, the pass around Kirk was yeah. hilarious. That, the final right, comment right. I just want to make: I don't, I don't want it to be misconstrued what I'm saying. I don't think the refs did a very good job wild card weekend. I thought there were like there was a laughable number of just. What in the hell was that? It was literally just sort of more the style of like what was being emphasized felt like it led to overs. And I don't know if it was because of the, you know, just in general, the way that, you know, the 
certainly knowing that they're going to do quick reviews on you changes the way you operate as a ref, I would guess. Right. Like we know, you know, like, you know, we know that they changed patterns in terms of we're going to allow a play to go if we think it might be a fumble because we yeah. can't review it otherwise, you know, like that sort of stuff definitely changes the way the refs operate. And so I, I don't know, I don't have a good answer. I just thought it was a little weird. Um, and pa- Patrick brings up a good point. The turnovers for sure. Like, uh, uh, we we already reviewed the games. The Miami team go look at their total yardage. Like um, that was massive in that game. I mean, for the Chargers, the turnovers in the first half were massive for them getting to the point total they got to. And so turnovers were a big part of it, which is so maybe we're reading a little too much into it. But I mean, it's not like these games all went over by like a field goal, right? <laughs> there was, there was there quite was a bit cooked, of scoring, right? All right. Well, can't really take that macro information and apply it to this week's games because there's only four and their totals are fair. Um, But let's start with Saturdays, which the early game has the highest total on the board and the most significant action to the over is this, uh, you know, became widely available, I believe, in like the 50 and a half range at some places, 51 and a half at uh, Bookmaker. But other places I saw for sure some 50 and a half when you could get a decent sized bet down. And it's now in the 52 and a half, 53 range. The side has bounced back and forth between eight and nine. Um, There's been some funny zigging and zagging on what actual number is being hung, depending on which book you're looking at. Uh, There was a long period of time where you could get eight at bookmaker and now they're nine on the flip side you know circa is kind of held steadfast at eight and a half here so i think eight and a half is the fair uh kind of market-wide number if you want to just put a put a uh put a side out there um interesting rematch of a game that i completely forgot happened um back in and beginning of november end of october um yeah Chiefs went into their bye off of a win against the Jaguars in a bizarre game when you kind of rewatch it. Uh, Do you you recall this one? No, and even last week, I'd kind of forgotten the Jags. I'd forgotten the Jags had played the Chargers, truthfully. Like, stuff that happened in the first four weeks of the season. Oh, that one I remember because that was the classic one where we got got rope-a-doped on the Herbert info. (laughs) And the total went over because of the garbage scoring by the Jags. I'll let you. I'll let you take a swing at. <laughs> I, I told you I bet every game, oh. and um, I'll let you take a swing at what I bet in this game. I will say it's I not think you America, have the Chiefs in it. Teasers. I, not oh. America's teaser. Oh, I mean, I'll interesting. Play it um, well, the you played Chiefs first half. <laughs> I, uh, uh that's probably i could hear a case for that just because the chiefs are coming in with extra rest and are going to have some crafty offensive looks early probably may catch them catch them best surprise a little bit i mean i i am i am so hopeful that the jaguars can make a game of this that i didn't get involved taking the points even though i think it's a little too many um what what was your bet Jaguars plus three sixty. Oh, nice! I now think, we're talking. I, I double down. Let's I thought, fucking go. At, at first, my process was all right. Andy of Jaguars futures, you need to um, like when, take a deep breath. When Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> get, gets punched by the yeah. bald lady, and he like leaves his body. Yeah, you got to do that. The the thing where you're like separating yourself from the bets that you have your future bets, which is so hard to do. 
and I, I tried to look at it objectively. I said, like, am I undervaluing one of the great coaches in the world off a of bye with a highly skilled team with the best quarterback in the league at home playing a team has a young quarterback, a retread coach, a quarterback who threw a bunch of picks. And I just said, like, and you're probably right. Like, the bet is either – I just feel like it's a very – there's, there's not a big middle. It's a very flat distribution. Okay. And it gets kind of fat on both tails where, like, the Chiefs might win by fucking 30. Sure. Like, if if any – you can't have even two drives worth of what Trevor did in the first half last week. Yes. You have, you have to have no. three, quarters, <laughs> three quarters of the game has to be, like, his second half, and that other quarter has to be, like – middle of the road it can't be bad he can't have bad drives like he had in the first half he can't have jitters mm-hmm. he can't have bad but i said man if this is close like i i want the jags money line like i feel like they win this game an awful lot of times <laughs> just because it's it's and it, 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 a lot of it came down to that second half and i know a lot of the blame has to go on the play calling for the chargers and how they played the second half of the lead but i and i think this is a doug peterson bet I've said this to someone. He looks like he is playing with the ultimate DGAF house money. I have a Super Bowl ring and you don't. I'm not afraid of because how many times do we see coaches Staley being a great example after last year and then being turned into the abomination that he is now, who's scared to do anything? Coaches get scared of this coach of or the, the court of public opinion. Of course. They don't they don't make the right decision because they're worried about the consequences in a press conference afterwards, I think. Yeah. And Doug Peterson, fuck that fourth down call. <sighs> like, not a lot yeah. of guys are running that play. No. Because if that guy doesn't get, if he gets strung out to the edge and stopped, it's like, why aren't you just sneaking it? What, why did you get cute? Why, you know, yeah. Obviously, the Vikings got cute. So yeah. Doug Peterson is a match for Andy Reid right now. Maybe not as good of a coach, but he is absolutely not hamstrung by any of that sort of stuff right now. I think the Jags are very live to win this. And right, not paying, basically, I'm not paying juice to bet the Jags is what course, I'm saying. Of course. All right. All right. You're getting me fired up here because I believe still in the Jaguars. Look having this, life somebody, in somebody listen to the previews. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you did compare him to Cincinnati. Yeah. You squinting hard enough. Right. And honestly, the path to victory for the Jags in this game, Andy, you know, you know what the most likely path to victory is. It's last year's AFC championship game. Literally, like you need the Jags to absorb the best shot that the Chiefs have coming out of the gate. You need them to make some stupid clock errors going into halftime. You need to make some good adjustments on defense coming out of half and play comeback. And then, you know, you need uh, you know, Pat Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy to get into a fist fight in the locker room and, you know, the, the Chiefs defense, Chief, Chiefs offense to come out with no no juice. Uh, and then you're in this game. <laughs> that, that it's, It is that the, but in seriousness, the path to beating them literally is keep it a lower scoring game, um, absorb their best shot early uh, so that they don't have time to make adjustments on you. Uh, and then, you know, look to try to come back on this team in the second half and have the ball at the end of the game, have the ball last. Like, that's, that, that is your uh, best chance of getting uh, a win in this spot. And lo and behold, 
Chiefs, what were they, seven and a half point dogs? I mean, you know, the Bengals, seven and a half point dogs in the AFC Championship game last year. So similar sort of market, similar sort of total. Um, yeah, I mean, the Peterson thing, the Peterson thing is my my favorite narrative about this game. Uh, this uh, Kiduki quote, or the Kiduki comment, you want to uh, reflect on this? <laughs> I'm just thinking... This is a joke no one's going to get. Maybe Cal posted it on the Twitter. <clears throat> Do you remember when they're having the bad storms and that one weatherman said, and your kids die too? <laughs> and then Cal took that audio and said it to this lady, <laughs> the, the Jaguars lady. Yes. So it, yes. I mean, it got me thinking about last week because, you know, the first game, they took it to the limit. They took it to uh, the limit. They took I was it past in Miami. Yeah. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, <laughs> it's a couple minutes from the peach though but yes <laughs> you you can't be the newcomer coming and steal the show that's true and yeah it's it's basically i i do think there's uh, there's a lot of situations where the jaguars go out and they don't look like they belong in the same field but if they're close i want this money line in my pocket okay I um i effectively have this money line in the form of a future bet too. like yeah. the the i'm the only way that I make money in the futures market from this point forward, forget about the awards and all that stuff. I'm, I'm liquid there, but the only way I make money in the AFC super or super bowl or NFC market at this point is the Jags winning this game. <laughs> like they must win this game for me to be able to extract any equity out of that. Um, and, uh, I don't know. There's man. no there's like, no situation three, next week. Yeah. I mean, barring some sort of injury at the end of the game, like, oh, Trevor's out and he's hurt. Yeah. And yeah. Barring that, there's no situation where I'm hedging next week. No, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. No way. No way. But I'm just saying, like, Eve getting any value. Oh, you're out talking of about extracting yeah. value. That's kind yeah. of the no, yeah. But that, I just mean like yeah, it's not you can't. You, you you need to have just one game remaining for an AFC, two games remaining for a Super Bowl, so, considering the way that the pricing is going. Anyway. And I, I think the biggest, outside of the Doug stuff too, is this is a team that spent a lot of money to add weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They basically like, hey, uh, let, let's take every conversation anybody who covered the Chicago Bears over the past 12 months had. What should we do to this team? Um, that's what the Jags did. They added help on the line. They added yep. help around him on the offense. And nobody talked about it because his team started like two and six. And it looked like, oh, that was just that was just a waste of money. Like this team isn't actually good yet this year. Yeah. Like, he started so poorly. But and again, it was it wasn't so much talked about when they were coming back. The the main talking point was Tennessee bottling it. Yeah. Tennessee screwing it up. That's what everyone talked about. But truthfully, there's a bunch of good skill position players on this team. It's kind of like um, like if you took Jefferson off the Vikings, like we talked about. Yeah, right. The sum of the parts is pretty good, yeah. all things considered. And this just Kansas City secondary can be beat. So yes, I, they can. I, they can I, I feel that way. And but Peterson is the key. And I mean, we, I'm hoping again. Key master and the gatekeeper, baby. He's the key master and the gatekeeper. The uh, the record he has put together as a playoff coach to this point in his career, it's freaking amazing. Like uh, last week, inclusive um, covered every game he's been in, with the exception of the McCown game where he tore his hamstring. And they played through it, and he almost won anyway. Um, like it's, it's this guy has the absolute goods when it comes to being a playoff decision maker and in game manager in every way. And 
I think that's that's going to have to come to the forefront. Um, and who better to have those that skill set against than Andy Reid, who tends to bottle it at times uh, when it comes to in-game decision-making, clock management, etc. Um, X's and O's matchups is not even really worth getting into. Clearly, a lot of things favor the Chiefs here. That's why they're freaking eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. No shit. Like, he's going to be your MVP. Like, that's there's not, that shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, he doesn't really have the game breakers that can really, really hurt the Jaguars, as far as I can tell you. Although Travis Kelsey has got a pretty nice matchup, as, you know, going up against some off ball linebackers who get a little lost at times. So, Chiefs are going to get theirs. You just need to be able to, uh, you know, kind of hope that they get too cute, do a ring around the rosy and shit instead of uh, kind of figuring out ways to continue to adjust and surprise you. Um, the matchups for the Jaguars, though, you're right. Their wide receiver room, their tight end room, uh, that group of skill position players, even, you know, Etienne, uh, balanced offense, should be able to get it going here. You need a healthy Brandon Scherf to neutralize Chris Jones, who's sort of the standout defensive player for the Chiefs. But other than Chris Jones, there's just a lot of guys who with inexperience. Uh, who will be playing meaningful roles, meaningful minutes in this game for the Chiefs defense. Jaguars can come back on them if it's a deficit. I'm, I'm, yeah, and you know. it's funny we're talking about the overpaying and free agency. I believe Christian Kirk probably needs 10 catches for about 120 and two touchdowns for the next three games and a Super Bowl MVP to, <laughs> to pay for his contract at this point. But it's not like he's been bad. He's been great. He's just When's the last really, time a really, wide receiver with the initial CK won the Super Bowl, Andy? Give me a break. Really, Never really happens. Paid, Never so. happens. All right. Um, um, New York, uh, Philly. New York, Philly. Yeah. Philly. Uh, AFC, God, I'm excited Philly. for this now. I didn't know you were going to go there, man. Fuck yeah. Let's go Jags. Duval. Yeah. Man, I'm fired I'm, up. Man. I think I'm going to surprise you with all my bets. Fired up. Maybe not the last one. <laughs> oh, I no, I'm, I don't. I can't imagine where you're going at all in the cards. Um, I have hands, hands up, hands up. I have made predictions about this market on our show on Monday, talking to Pizzola on his stream, talking to Jay on bet the edge. And I've been wrong. I think every single prediction I've made. Um, I thought that the comments that Jalen hurts made last week about needing the buy to get his shoulder right were meant that he was likely not going to be a full participant in practice this week. And there was going to be potentially the you know, market sentiment that, you know, backed the Giants down to seven, maybe across seven, just based on that news. But that was not the case. In fact, everything that has come out, Eagles, injury-wise, has been positive to this point in the week. And it looks like they're going to be at full strength. Sweat looks like he's good to go. Um, Lane Johnson playing through an ab injury, but he's on record. I will play. <laughs> I will play this game. Hurts uh, getting full reps of practice is huge. Um, and even though, you know, the giants, I was kind of excited about them catching a whole bunch of points, playing a team for the third time. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is Daniel Jones gave you a outlier performance last week to the good. And the idea of doing that two weeks in a row, it is a tough ask because you are taking a major step up in class in terms of the defense you're facing. Uh, and he just doesn't really have the horses. Like a lot of people, have gone out of their way to kind of gloss about the emergence of some of the weapons for the giants, but it's just because you have to say something about them. But they're actually not the, that good. No, we saw the tweet and I, I, I've made this reference several times now, like 
teams that beat Minnesota down the stretch understood the assignment. Like, <laughs> hey, this is a defense that can yeah. beat. Like, oh, you're going to play a soft zone for the first three quarters, but then also do a soft zone in the fourth quarter. Okay. Like, it's it's just going to be a thing we do all day. And that's how people like Isaiah Hodgins have a big day. Go look at his stats. Somebody tweeted this out. He has like 180 yards and two touchdowns versus the Vikings in two games. And he has like 180 yards and two touchdowns in the other eight games he played. Like the, the Vikings defense is very beatable. So it was just maddening to see some of these teams, I don't know, run run into stack boxes and waste mm-hmm. downs against a, a team that the 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 you know the linebacker coverage was poor, the secondary was pretty poor. Patrick Peterson made flash plays, but he also got beat a lot. There was yeah. a lot of drop balls against Minnesota this year. Like truthfully, they did have the horseshoe up their ass and it came out, and like I said, I think uh, the Giants actually underperformed on offense as far as the scoreboard. They should add at least another touchdown, um, mostly, I guess, because I was live betting overs. I really thought they were just going to keep scoring. And I like Minnesota as a team uh, in comeback mode. Their offense changes a little bit too. So okay. it's, it, it's a much, like you said, it's a much tougher test. It's a divisional game. They've played. This is their third time. All this stuff's built into the market. It's a bye week. I don't know the Jalen. I don't. You know what? Here's what. I'll go out on a limb on some of this. I don't think Jalen Hurts is healthy. No, you I don't, don't have to, you don't have to be healthy to come off the injury report. You just no. have to be if you can fully practice, if you can tough it out, you're off the injury report. So I you want to guess my you want all that said, you want to guess what I've had here? Eagles team total over. The under 48 and a half. Oh, under 48 and a half. Okay. Is this based on the fact that an Eagles win here is correlated to them? Taking the air out of the ball in the second half? They should be. So matchup-wise for them okay. on offense, let's say Hertz is a little limited. Mm-hmm. They should be able to run the ball on this team. They should. I mean, we, we saw not only – I mean, both – I must have said Jarek McKinnon. That's the old backup. But both running backs from Minnesota had success. I mean, we, we saw it last week. We've seen this in the past. The Giants can be run on. If they want to play possession ball, they're absolutely going to be able to. I think the Giants' offense looks quite a bit poorer against an actual good defense. And really, uh, the pass rush for the Giants is good now. Like That's another thing. Like Their secondary cool. and their pass rush has gotten healthy and better since the beginning. This is a much different defense than early in the year. This Giants' defense is a lot better than it was earlier in the season. Like You said Kirk Cousins played a perfect game and lost by a touchdown. Like he didn't do much wrong, and that's because like he he actually overperformed against that defense. I think so. I'm I'm kind of stuck with like a 24-17 win for the Eagles. I think the spread is mm-hmm. uh, kind of chef's kiss per- perfect. The total's mm-hmm. a little high. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that I <laughs> I yeah I can't I'm I get it like. But and again, these are all small bets. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not excited. Yeah, about no, I, I I get it. Uh, and actually, like you describing it, pointed out, I think a lot of game states, more than fifty percent of the game states that clear this under pretty comfortably, right? A game state where one defense does its job well. This is this is going under. A defense where both defenses do their job well. This is going under. A defense where I mean, a, a game where the Eagles offense does their job. Well, this is probably going under because they're going to be able to just completely wipe out the fourth, third and fourth quarter. Um, So I, I hear what you're saying. The the game state that threatens the over 
is that the Giants offense succeeds in the Eagles answer. And this turns into a score and answer type of deal. Yeah, no, that, be, at that point, I'm just dead. Yeah, at that point, you're just dead. So who cares? And, not, and by dead, I mean like 60 points dead. Yeah, right. Not even close. <clears throat> um, your point about the Eagles should be able to run on the Giants, you know where the, there is some um, support for that? Um, on uh, December 11th, um, the Eagles played at New York. Do you want to guess what their EPA per rush was in that game? And just for context, you know what a good EPA per rush in a given game is, by the way? Anything positive. Not negative. Not negative was, is a good EPA per rush. Yeah, yeah I was I was going to say like a 0. 0.12. A 0.12? It was 0.65. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're, talking, we're talking 99th percentile of the yeah. entire season of games. <laughs> it, was one of, it was one of the most like eye-poppingly good running games that any team has had against an opponent all season. Well, and I think maybe even get a little more, I mean, not, not granular, take a zoom out. And when you really think about what EPA per play means, that means every time you ran the ball, <laughs> you expected to add six tenths of a point. So yeah. if you ran the ball three times in a row, you should score two points based on that one series yeah. of, uh, of downs. So, I mean, if, if you're what able was... to run, yeah. You're able to what, run the ball 10 times on a drive. What was your favorite Pat What was your favorite Pat Mahomes game this season? Was it like at San Francisco where he scored 44 points? I didn't have like a favorite game. I had a lot of favorite moments, I guess. Okay, cuz in that game that Pat game Mahomes in that game Pat Mahomes EPA per per pass. I'm pulling it up now cuz I feel like it's going to be in that ballpark, right? Pat Mahomes' EPA per pass in that game was 0.64. They did better running the ball every time. Every, every time they handed the ball off or you know scrambled in that game against the Giants than Pat Mahomes did in the game where he threw for 500 yards, 500 something insane yards, 417 yards uh, against the Niners and scored 44 points. That's how good that rush was. <laughs> and this is just me thinking out loud. I bet somebody. Can, I wonder what George's offense was putting up when they ran the ball against TCU. It was a big number. I'm I sure. Was, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yards I'm sure. For a while. And, I'm and sure. yeah, like like people are pointing out, that's an amazing passing EPA. It's <laughs> it crazy to say that yeah, in that game, handing the ball off, best single game. Yeah, handing the ball off was more effective. Than Pat Mahomes' best game of the year in that one game. So like it's funny. Yeah. So I mean, just um, yeah, we we love the Giants coaching staff. That's part of my reason I like this under. They've done an amazing job getting this front four working in tandem, and I think the pass rush is good. I still worry that they're going to be a little susceptible to you know the run the run yeah. schemes the Eagles are going to put out. But yeah, uh, it's I I think it's going to be a lower scoring game again. Just if we were doing like uh, Twitter tout bullshit, these are leans. <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not putting much money on this. Yeah, I, I wanted to have some action. I wanted to have something to talk about. So, uh, you know, the guys that were available for that game, by the way, it's all the same Giants except for no Xavier McKinney and no uh, no uh, Adoree Jackson. It was the same front four. It was the same linebackers. And you know who like the number one culprit is, by the way, freaking Jalen Smith, man. He's taking some. He is taking some bad 
reps for this Giants team as linebacker, and he is going to be out there for 100% defensive snaps this game. Uh, I think he's going to have his number called quite a lot uh, by Nick Sirianni and that uh, um, you know that offensive minds hive in, in Philadelphia that's done such an amazing job this season of uh, crafting game specific game plans. So. Um, Stain Shane Steichen. I couldn't come up with the offensive coordinator's name. So, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think the Eagles. Uh, oh wow, those point nine three paper pass. That's 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 a, that's a big number. Oh my god. Um, I mean, he's Mahomes' age. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, the Mahomes of college football, Stetson Bennett, yeah. fourth. Um, that's what people were calling him all season long. Anyway, um, generally uh, expecting the Eagles to get this win. Uh, I've talked myself all the way off of like basically on the good injury news. I've been like, God, man, this should be higher than seven and a half. I think it could go uh, as people kind of digest player availability. Do you uh, secondary for the uh, Eagles going to be 100 percent healthy? You got to read on Maddox and CJGJ. Maddox, no, I think my my guess is Maddox, no, CJGJ, yes. Okay, that's fine with me. I like CJGJ better anyway. So hopefully he's there. Um, If both miss, then. Your unders in a little bit of a sweat sweat shop spot. Um, yeah, Daniel Jones, congratulations on getting this far in the playoffs. We no one believed in you, including those of us on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, you did it. Um, you know, you know. Think I think that uh, they've built enough that this turns into a like a you know three two one Cancun at some point uh, if it's out of reach in the second half instead of like dig down deep and you know really get us back in the game so under is a fine look no opinion on uh, uh, on this one really otherwise um, let's move on to Sunday Sunday oh I didn't know CJ GJ played all the snaps week 18 that seems stupid why they play <laughs> week 18 uh, I was not paying attention to that um Bengals and Bills. Uh, we have a funky market here that uh, is being influenced presumably by two factors. One is injury news for the Bengals offensive line. The other is weather. This could be a gross one. We're looking at potentially some wind, maybe some wet winter weather, uh, a la the conditions that it, like this, this injury, like the weather report looks like the Bills Jets game, if you remember from December, mm, yeah. like, like mid 30s and wet with wind. Um, so we could, uh, we could have ourselves a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, uh, a tougher contest in terms of really putting um, scoreboard pressure on this total at 48 even. Um, I'm leaning under, and I'm leaning Bengals, but it is a very, very soft lean towards the Bengals. And it is founded largely in just the idea that Burrow got it done with a terrible offensive line many times in high stakes moments last season. So he know he has that tool, those tools in his tool chest, even though we haven't seen him really have to use them as much this year, particularly later, you know, down the stretch when they had a healthy kind of well-performing offensive line. Um, he was able to overcome giving up four five, six sacks a game. Um, the other reason I'm kind of leading Bengals, like just, I have a really tough time believing that this bill's defense is going to have all of the answers for the Bengals here and be able to just keep them, muted uh and uh you know in the uh you know but 17 ish points ballpark which uh, is probably what you need them to hold them to if the bills are going to cover five and a half points um what is some of your read as as we've seen this market mature from a what we all thought was a pretty fair bills minus three and a half open with a healthy bengals offensive line to where we stand currently (sighs) 
Yeah, the, the argument here, I think, is the the offensive line thing. And, you know, if people who want to bet the Bengals are going to say, well, they made the Super Bowl with a pretty bad offensive line last year. And I just said that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I know. And it's like, well, I know, but it's different yeah. when you're shuffling guys around at the end of the year. You're three deep on one, you know, one position. It matters. It does matter. The Bills have, I mean, it's not like the Bengals are not without experience. So it's, I think it does matter. I think the offensive line's injuries matter a ton for a guy. I mean, they, the things that had to happen for them to make the Super Bowl last year, while he was the single most sacked individual in a single year ever, most sacks ever in the playoffs, like the fact that they still were able to win games was really the fact that he just didn't get hurt again somehow was wildly yeah. amazing for the past two years. So, yeah, I, I played a little Bills and I don't love it. This is my okay. this was the game I was. Least. What number did you get? So some four and a half and some five. Okay. I don't think there's a big difference between like f- between the four and the six. Truthfully, I'm not okay. sure how much. I mean, I obviously love it less and less as it goes further. And if it if it got bet up a lot, I'd certainly have to think about coming back, especially since I'm flipping coins, and I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. just uh, trying to find a cheap middle on the coin flips, but. It's just the Bills' power ranking I have, which is based off a bunch of different things, including, you know, uh, I use not only full season EPA numbers, I use splits out from like a, kind of a rolling split over the last few weeks. I use some other metrics. Based. A lot of it is, and a lot of it's offensive based because defense is helpful, but mm-hmm. defense isn't terribly predictable or predictive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not predictive. It's not prescriptive. It's not terribly helpful, honestly. Defenses do not win championships anymore. Um, having a good quarterback and scoring points do. So I did play some bills because my power numbers are telling me that if I make any sort of adjustment for these injuries, this offensive line, this uh, probably coaching mismatch, I'm I'm, I'm apt to play the bills here. And then if you want to make me go down narrative street, it felt like a look ahead spot. Mm. Like, uh, and again, they really, anything that Miami did was, it was begot by things that the bills did wrong. One of the defensive, one of the touchdowns was defensive. A lot of the other drives that they scored on were like 18 yard drives because they were interceptions, turnovers, bad drives by the bills. Like really felt like they were looking ahead to this one. And then I don't know. What do they do before games? You know, like Seattle has the, they raise the flag for the 12 Vikings blow the horn, you know, whatever yeah. they have for that to pump the crowd up. Like it's probably like, going to be DeMar Hamlin. And I was going to you have DeMar yeah. Hamlin come out and the crowd is yeah. just losing its shit. So like, yeah, this is going to be a tough place to play. All right. I, that's all fair. Uh, it's going to be gross, though. <laughs> and certainly Josh Allen did not thrive in those conditions for what we've seen. Neither, um, and that's that's the biggest part of this game that I hate. The Bengals offense looked real rough. It did look bad, yeah. that game. And I want to give the I want to give the Ravens credit. That's another thing I, I do with defenses. I, I take a look at their defensive stats. But then I look at it for the last eight, six, four games of the season, give those different mm-hmm. weightings and start to see how that plays out. And they were one of the most improved defenses in the second half of the season. The the Ravens defense was playing at a 
pretty high level. Yeah, Roquan Smith probably somewhere pretty, yeah, factor. That yeah. didn't hurt? No. Pretty close. Pretty close to a top five defense in mm-hmm. some metrics. So want to while I want to give the Ravens credit, the Bengals need to be better than that if they want to beat the Bills, obviously. And at the same time, we saw Josh yeah. Allen making mistakes. We saw the Bills offense struggling. So I, I'm absolutely not betting an under in a game like this. Mm. I can't do it. It's the right side, but I'm I, I'd just much rather lay it with the Bills. God, dude, Veronica Kudramatova is going to get me knocked out of Survivor for WTA. Aussie and bomb. She losing? She's getting beat by Katie Volinets. I think Kudramatova was minus twelve fifty or something insane like that. Um, real big big upset. Um, all right. Buffalo, the questions for me swirl around what is going on with their offensive approach to this game. Um, It's been a weird year for the Bills in terms of the degree to which they were willing to put Josh Allen in harm's way by running the ball earlier this year. It felt like there was a lot of designed runs. It felt like he had kind of carte blanche to put himself, uh, you know, put himself out there and really kind of go get the hard yard. He injured his elbow, and that didn't really yeah. stop them from calling some designed runs. <laughs> like he was still, uh, you know, getting, uh, getting, you know, calling his own number a lot. And then it's just kind of died down over the stretch. And some of it was the way elected to defend him by spying on him more aggressively. Um, and some of it is just the play calling isn't giving him those awesome lanes that existed when, uh, you know, what like what Dable was calling last year and what you know, Dorsey was calling towards the beginning of this year. Like you want to give the guy great passing opportunities if his guys can win 1v1. And in the absence of that, you want to give him a clear lane so he can scamper for 12. Uh, and they haven't really been able to pull that off for whatever reason. I'm not, in, not super encouraged by the number of snaps that Cole Beasley's getting. He looks pretty washed. Um, not uh, sure how, you know, how effective your you know, your wide receiver duo is amazing as Stefan Diggs is like, I just, I'm not sure you're consistently beating uh, a good secondary here with outstanding safety play, which can, you know, double digs. Um, Knox has slipped. Uh, the passing attempts to the running backs have been mixed to bad. Um, and yeah, like I just, I don't get really what the bills are trying to be offensively right now. And you know, what you don't want is to be up against some an elite AFC team and be trying to figure it out. You want to have kind of sharpened your spear uh, long before this point in the season. And maybe the Bills are just keeping all that under their hat and trying to win in other ways with the deep passing stuff. But Josh Allen taking a lot of chances in that game against the Dolphins that he didn't need to, but he couldn't help himself. Um, Turn, you know, holding on the ball too long. He got sacked seven times, which still is amazing to me. Uh, And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's weird that they're not kind of round, they haven't round their way into form the way that they did last season. Um, maybe that was just a caught lighting in the bottle and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to do it twice, but uh, it doesn't look like the same team that we saw last year to me. That said, um, you know, I'm prepared to be wrong, uh, but I think the weather is a neutralizing factor in this game, surely. Um the Bills' defense is just a huge question marks about them. They may get uh, Micah Hyde back in this one, but he's got a neck. He hasn't played all season. 
I'm not buying into those narratives again of a guy coming back who hasn't played all season all of a sudden being like a meaningful impact player, particularly at that type of position where communication and kind of feeling your role in the defense is so important. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically why I'm leaning Bengals here. It's soft. It's I'm I'm prepared to get uh, smushed as Joe Burrow gets sacked six times in the first half. But if, if I'm playing, and again, this is the same thing. If I'm playing the Bengals, I'm playing plus whatever, two, 220 or whatever it is. Of course. So here's the or question if, for you. I mean, even if, if you want to take the points, I would seriously consider putting a little bit on the money line. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the key question I guess I still have is wait until halftime. Count on Lou Anaruma to make some adjustments. Um and oh my god, I I would just come if if we had like a, <laughs> a if we had like a big a Bills lead and I can middle this lead, yeah That's... because it is a just a Cincinnati second half kind of look. My goodness, yeah, I'm I'm keeping my powder dry for that. Seventeen seven powder dry, and I'm not I'm not keeping my boxers dry. <laughs> Talk to Brenton too much. He made me dirty. 17 3. Like that kind of a you know a two score lead, uh, I think is uh is prime opportunity to come in on Bengals second half here. Um I know that goes flies in the face of a total uh under, but uh you know don't do coke guys. <laughs> um I do, I forgot we had a we have a shout out. Oh um Giorgio Moondog. This was yesterday, but I wanted to do it on a show. I didn't want to just tweet it. Apparently, it was his birthday. Somebody tweeted me and says, oh. George, can you wish my pal Giorgio Moondog a happy birthday? I love it. Did he win the 50 50 raffle? I think so. He said he was going to split with us. Yeah. And then we didn't, and then we didn't hear anything. Like, <laughs> so he, he probably clearly won, he won and money, just yeah. kept it, which if yeah. it was his birthday, whatever. So that's yeah, fine. that's fine. Yeah. But we wish him a happy birthday. He's a long time. Absolutely. YouTube commenter for sure. Yeah. Oh, hide is out, says AJ Johnson. Okay, yeah, thank I think you. So. Okay. All right. There was a lot of buzz he was going to be available for this game. I mean, that's probably for the best. He's got a neck. Oh, I don't think you put... These... I don't think you risk taking another guy off the field uh, on a stretcher if you're Buffalo playing no. Cincinnati. <laughs> anyway, these uh, these last out. two teams have played each other quite a few times. Over the years. The playoffs. Yeah. My God, this was... Right as I was really becoming a football fan, this was it. Perennial. I mean, it was like, you know, late or excuse me, early 90s. Um, uh, every year. I mean, it was every per, year. It was perennial, the, cow, yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. Niners. And then Steve Young came along and it became even more fun because he was. And if people aren't of my age or don't remember, he was not like other quarterbacks, my goodness. could And, you know, we'd seen things like That's that, great. Tarkenton and other things over the years. My goodness, could he scramble? He threw with uh, he threw the ball a little funny because he was using a, a hand I didn't quite understand. But those were really fun. Tom Rathman was on those teams. I love Tom Rathman. Merton Hanks. Oh, my God, somebody mentioned Merton Hanks already. Merton Hanks the guy had the longest neck oh in the world. God. Put he Mike made- Glenn into shame. Yeah, yeah, Mike Glennon is blushing at that neck. Oh <laughs> yeah, God. wow, look at the neck on him. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, so those are very good teams. And right now, yeah, they're facing each other again in the playoffs. And I wanted to address Dak Prescott off the bat because yeah. uh, 
Oh, did you see my tweet? I watched part of Get Up today. Ah, I didn't care for that. I won't be doing that again. Uh, Real quick, just, uh, this is the what the playoff matchup between seven. the Niners and number seven nine. Or eight. I think they've played number each other nine. seven times. This is number one nine. Of, one of those must not have counted then. Oh, okay. Well, 71, 72. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Why did they play each other? They played each other. Yeah, I, I'm over. I'm counting one that was not actually a playoff game. Yeah, I think this is the eighth time. 71, 72. Oh, no, they don't. No, they played a 70, the 72 the season prior, 72 in December, 82, 93, 94, 95, and then 2002. So a rivalry renewed. Anyway, why in the world were you watching Get Up? So I had to drop my kids off at a certain time, and then I had a dentist appointment in a town that is not the same town as my office. So I didn't want to go to work. I had a half hour to kill, and I'd also forgotten my lunch at home. So I went home, realized, like, well, I'm not going to go sit in the parking lot of the dentist. So I sat down, just flipped the TV on. It was on, I mean, Monday night. Football was the last thing that I'd watched, apparently. We don't use that TV that much, and it was uh-huh. still on ESPN. Uh-huh. So it just started uh, the last five minutes of Sports Center, which I enjoy. Sure. My opinion is it should be all Sports Center, yeah, and then fair. live sports. And then if you have time, you just play replays of live sports. <laughs> I watched some get up, and yeah, right away they let off. And I'm sure a lot of the talking heads have talked about like, oh my god, Dak, is this it? But like, no, that was that's what you get from Dak. Dak's good. Like this is a good team. I don't yeah. think you understand. Like uh, he's very much a top ten, uh, top ten quarterback. Like that was a great performance, yes, but like that was not some outlier. You're absolutely. He's he's not going to go face some you know some San Francisco defense and just get shut out because, like, oh, it's, it's not the closet get up guy for sure. I had never seen it. I didn't know Mike Greenberg had facial hair. Somehow that makes him worse. I thought he loves ESPN. Am I tripping? I'm pretty sure that was Mike Greenberg. I don't know. I feel bad if it wasn't. That's what you just said. I know. I think it was him. He has he has this weird goatee now. He looks like oh. he looks like a bad guy. Golic yeah. left ESPN. That's that I knew for sure. I thought Greenberg did. You know, whatever. Um. Anyway. Uh, anyway, um, that shows yeah, the, the show's not for us. So I'm not surprised no, the, the, that you don't. But watch the big it. talking anyway. point today was like, oh my god, can you believe what Dak did? And the answer is yes, I can because he's a good quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's got a much tougher test here. Surely they're still going to get theirs. Like it's still a good enough offense. The biggest question was how much they lose this game by depends on how much they give the ball to Zeke. Cause Zeke <laughs> get washed. Oh yeah. Like, My goodness. Yeah. And I know if you go back and look at, we washed. talked about this, how many times he touched the ball. A lot of them were in a situation where they're up by three or four scores. That doesn't mm-hmm. count. That's a good spot to use Zeke. Yeah, of it's course. Low stakes. Yeah, don't it's get to don't get don't get Tony Pollard hurt trying to put Tony away Pollard. a game. Don't get Tony hurt. No, but can't yeah, get, he, can't afford it. If if they're using him early and often, this might go poorly. And I did bet the Niners here. I'm not even gonna make you guess. Okay. I just can't. I can't make the number. This I don't understand this. I think that the still. I think there's a still lingering hope that Purdy somehow has a. A terrible game. I don't think Shanahan's gonna allow it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's allowed. He's he was lucky. He made some near mistakes last. Excuse me, last week. There was interceptable balls. There was maybe some poor pocket presence at time where he was stepping into pressure and somehow got away with it a couple times. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when he gets the ball into Debo's hands, 
it's magic first off um Ayuk yes. is important. Kittle's important. You have two other running backs. We haven't even mentioned maybe one of the best players in the NFL on the on the offensive side, Christian McCaffrey, yeah. who continues to like. Oh, I thought you were going to say Juice Check or Trent Williams, <laughs> who are also among the best players in the NFL at their positions. Not, yeah. You know that you have the best, yeah. yeah, the best fullback in the NFL probably. I like Ricard, yeah. but um, <laughs> Juice Check, Juice Check is a is a fullback who can go out on fifteen yard outs and mm-hmm. toe, toe tap on the on the sideline as well. So Ooh, yeah. they just have so many so many good weapons. So like, yeah. even if the Cowboys have a embarrassment of riches. Yeah, even if the Cowboys have a decent game offensively, I don't understand. Um, first off, with this total so low, no, I believe in the Niners' defense, but I think the Cowboys can beat that secondary. I just believe that the Niners' offense is really going to get what they want here. The game plans have been so good, and yes, I know the extra rest is built in, and weak opponents that they're too. at home, they're built in, but. <sighs> They had the easiest second half of anybody. <laughs> I, I guess we're going to just fall into this Vegas trap of three and a half. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's a trap, Andy. Um, the, the fact is, yeah, the, I'm the doing Niners during now by request. That's my uh, my Admiral a Akbar. You it's a trap. So far, you do Brandon Staley and Admiral Akbar. That's uh, <laughs> oh, did, did you see my tweet? I did a Tony Romo last week. Oh yes, I did see your tweet. That was good. It was a very like you didn't even have to caption it. I knew what you were going for. When he gets his voice so high, I just I just squeal because it's hilarious. It's like, does he know he's doing this on TV? He's just getting like he's like an excited schoolgirl. Kills me, but um. I guess the main argument for unders and the argument for the Cowboys is uh, exactly as Sam pointed out here. The Purdy-led Niners have not played shit. Niners haven't played anybody. They ain't played nobody, yeah. They really haven't played anybody, but they've looked good doing it. Surely. (laughs) You put all the ingredients. This is like Michelin star ingredients out there for Kyle Shanahan to cook with, and you know what? He is cooking with gas um brock purdy seems to fit his system like hand in glove it is just absolutely perfect and um i don't think dallas defense is stopping them even though dallas defense will be the first pass rush that brock purdy will ever really face um the side here i think comes down to which defensive line can generate more pressure and I do think it's that reductive because both teams, given giving their quarterback time and or both teams with their quarterback operating out of structure should be, um, you know, should be able to, to move the ball in chunks. This has got a, this game's got chunks written all over it. This is a right. live over live over bet. If, it, if yeah. it looks that way, this game's got chunks all written all over it. Um, Goonie chunks all over. Right. This thing. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's crying. Yeah, <laughs> I went to the, and I went to the theater and I said the. Yeah, that's that was excellent scene. Uh, I watched the Goonies recently. It holds up phenomenally well. Um, the uh, no, the chunks are the name of the game here. Um, we didn't mention that with da- Dak. Dak's running yeah. game was pretty good yeah, superlative well. it was superlative uh he can evade pressure surely but you know again like 
little bit of turnover on the offensive line for the Cowboys. No Jason Peters here. Um, the Niners offensive line could potentially use Trent Williams to take Micah Parsons out of the game if Micah Parsons is lined up on that side of the field. Um, I don't know. Whoever wins the 1v1s here is is going to ultimately win the game. I looked at last year's uh, playoff game pretty carefully just to try to get a remember like what those coaches come in with in terms of just what was their angle of attack. The Cowboys was a take that plan, crumple up the piece of paper, throw it in the garbage or the shredder. Do not even go back and revisit why you thought that was going to work because it was a terrible plan. The degree which they got Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb involved in that game was laughably low. And I think the plan went to hell in a large part because the Niners defense got so much pressure. So much pressure. Um, you want to guess off the top of your head the number of pressures and sacks that the Niners defense generated against Dak Prescott last year in the playoff game? 11 team. 11 team. No, that wasn't that many. Four? Was it low? No, they got a lot of. They got a shit ton. It was. It, it was I thought you were trying to confuse me. Like no, no, so no. The Niners defense. So I'm saying tracks, won there. They won there. Yeah, they that just. Like, no, yeah, they, they played yeah. well, Drew. All right, you had they played all. extremely yeah, well. Yeah, they played extremely well. Um, in total, in total, uh, we're looking at Jesus Christ. It was so many. Six, 11, 10, 12, 14, 16 pressures and uh, five sacks, five sacks, five That's sacks 11. and 16 pressures. That's 11 team. It is 21 total. Um, That's a lot, man. Yeah. Good guess. So, so 16 pressures, five sacks for the Niners. Dallas, you want to guess what they managed in that game? Not as many? Not as many, no. Yeah. Zero sacks and uh, a paltry six pressures uh, over the balance of that one. So that, I think, was effectively how it went um, last year. And I would guess that, similarly, you can expect uh, this year's game to break along those same lines. Um, I don't have the answer as to who's going to win more. My guess is it's probably the Niners. But, um, you know, the Cowboys played last week's game like they had taken all of the good things that they did all season long and put them in a bottle and said we're saving them for the playoffs yeah. and they were amazing uh the problem i have going back to the well with the cowboys in this spot is that prescott has not shown you back to back he has bad very tough time putting four good quarters together this season let alone back-to-back games um and so you know tougher environment tougher defense a lot of reasons to think he regresses to a degree but Still a chunky game, and I think over 45 and a half is a good bet. And uh, how does this how does this stay under? The Niners are very successful early, red zone turnovers, and then use their running game to control the game late. Um, okay, but even then, their run game should be so successful. I mean, and I've made the comparison to the Georgia TCU game a hundred times, but it was like the second half or Georgia was at times trying to just run things out. Those were some by even putting backups in. And it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, they're still just like gaining chunk yards. Like even if San Francisco goes strictly to the run, they will move the ball. So like I yeah, I'm I am puzzled by these numbers. I'm gonna continue to talk to people throughout the week, ask them what they make of this, because yeah. I I have this 
low. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we do a, a seven point teaser? 49ers plus three and a half over 38. That's a terrible. <laughs> just break all the rules. A rule breaker. Break just a flat out rule tonight. breaker. Um, I am again firing not from a place of confidence, but in the NFL right now, which is why I was like, yes, let's get some over. Let's see what happens when the limits go up. Limits go up down to 45 and a half. I was like, oh, uh, I guess Ooh. I'm maybe wrong here. Uh, there clearly is potentially something about this game and this matchup that somebody is seeing. And, you know, if it's just, if it's red zone turnovers, if it's field goals, not touchdowns, if it's, uh, you know, Brock Purdy turning into a pumpkin because he's playing a tougher defense, like, all oh, you know, all those things are possible. But um, I still don't see it. This looks like an over game to me. So uh, probably going to have a little bit of that, but I have I still haven't bet it yet. I don't know. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I mean, it's not going to go down any more than 45 and a half, is it? I don't think so. But like I said, this market has me very flummoxed and. I guess maybe it does, but yeah, if it goes to 45, I haven't bet this total, but if it goes lower, I'll probably bet the over. If it doesn't, I'll probably bet the over. Mm. Davidovich Fokina blew a set point to, for me in the third set here. I got him as the awesome dog price. It's going to be a bummer to see him lose this match to Tawny Paul. Ugh. Um, All right. I don't have any more football thoughts. Excited to do some halftime shows. We're going to do the yeah, night league Let's do the night games. That was fun. Okay. You guys NFC, were great. NFC chat, only. The chat was hot and NF, NFC only, huh? We won our bets. Okay. I dig it. Very um, good. People are requesting an Ed Orgeron. You just got to say, uh, somebody, I'm pulling this up because somebody had a bunch of New Orleans food picture testing. Hell's on the jambalaya, crawfish, the boudin, the rebel. For Christ's sakes, Cooter Good lord, she's not gonna win. Bang, yeah, oh boy, that was a bad, that was a bad break. That was it. Remember when he was creepy with that girl, though? Oh, yeah, bad idea. Yeah, we heard funny stories about him, uh, on cruises and porn places. Yeah, fired on gumbo, and gumbo's good. Like, hey, guess what. If Andy wants good gumbo, he has to make it himself. There's not a good gumbo place in uh, Stewartville, Minnesota, by the way. So that's something to put on the list. I can get good sausage, good rice, and obviously I know how to buy celery. So I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do some I'm going to do some jambalaya here soon. Mm. You know, this is the, this and Drew, you would not understand, even though you did grow up in the Northeast. But this is the time of year where you have to cook warm weather foods, mm-hmm. so you don't go full. You know, yeah. Just not you know, chilly every day. You can't do chilly every yeah, day. Yeah, you can't do chilly. I have my office is too small for that, but you can't. About, like, like you go how full. Some, uh, how about some uh, French onion soup? Oh my god! Not only not only that, but I have I have the special bowls. Like my wife hates this that I have because they take up a lot of room and you use them like three times a year. But mm-hmm. I have special bowls just for that. But yeah, if you don't. Um, have some warm weather food. You will go full Jack Torrance, and <laughs> you're, it turns into the Overlook Hotel. So yeah, I'm gonna do a, a, a down south boil. I'm gonna do some jambalaya. We'll do some do some Sounds hot some, some jerk chicken. Ooh, I have so that. That's I actually have like Jamaican friends who go back to Jamaica a few times here, and they can get like the good shit. Like they bring up the, the real spices. I gotta go see shit. those guys tomorrow. 
Sounds good. Um, mm. Well, that all sounds great. Uh, Cream Corn asks, how do we feel about Linda Fertova winter quarter? Could she beat Ons? She could beat Ons, but then everything else out of that quarter is like the path from hell. Uh, yeah. You don't really want to go up against any of those players in their current form, including and most notably Arina Sabalenka, who uh, and, played and with the fair, out there. Yeah. I already have that bet. Which one? Oh, Frutova? Frutova to win her. Yeah, oh, you do? Frutova to win her quarter. Oh, okay. What was the price? 50, I think. You you need you need help and you need it quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, she, oh, other players just, who are good. Yeah. Well, I think I think she's just going to redline and she's, oh. I mean, what are the odds somebody somebody weird wins a major on the women's side? Somebody unknown. I mean, over the last I mean, it's year. never happened, really. Not I can think of. Um, no, the problem is that she's got to go through informed players who are firing right now. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's tough, tough, tough. Steel serpent, you know, steel serpent, steel guys. I'm not even sure. Hans gets by Von Drusova. So, Von Drusova, Von Drusova. I need to work on my pronunciations for the uh, the women's European names. Listen, you know what's also funny? Like I listened to the WTA website where they pronounce their own names, so you can try to say it like they say their own name. They changed a bunch of them. <laughs> like yeah. I really listened to a bunch today. They have updated some of the their own name pronunciations. So uh, it's a moving target saying some of these names. All right, we'll call it. Let's call it a week. Like we said, we'll reconvene here for Saturday and Sunday night games. Do a little halftime love with you guys. Hell yeah! Um, as always, um, subscribe to the channel. I like to see that number go up. Hit the thumbs up. That's not that fucking hard. My God. <laughs> well, I mean, there's like a hundred people really watching, and I don't have a hundred thumbs up. What are you guys gonna do? Where's Sean Payton going? Wherever the Oof. fuck he wants. Maybe nowhere. And yeah, he he could sit out another year. It wouldn't surprise me. But the asking price is steep, and a, a team has to be sure. But I, I believe it was Kevin. Maybe it was Kevin Cole or somebody laid out a pretty good uh, what what he's worth compared to a first round pick, especially considering uh, the salary of a coach does not go against your cap. Um, him getting yep. older, uh, coaches very rarely get injured and miss time. Although, <laughs> um, of, of all the coaches we know, Sean Payton is someone has time. who has missed some time. <laughs> he did get a year for suspension. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dig a little more into coaches uh, in overtime on Saturday. I'll have some I thoughts like by then. I right, like it. Uh, Davidovich for Keith Mel. God damn it. Third set, obviously the most important and best of five. And sure enough, he uh, blows the chance to serve it out. And then looks like he's about to get broken to give up. Uh, 